Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis solo here for the final hour, taking you until 4 p.m. Eastern. You can catch me on Twitter at Adam Ronis on the gram at Aaron88. And check out all my work, ScoutFantasySports.com. I have a weekend recap. Sometimes you get busy, you get lost on all the action, so kind of recap it in one place for you guys. So it was up early this morning, and it's still there. You can check it out just to get caught up on all the action to find out if you missed anything from the weekend. We got the waiver wire report from Sean Childs. I also have the two start pitchers for the week ahead Obviously, some lineups have already locked. There was a game this morning, 11.05 a.m. Eastern. So hopefully you set your lineups. And hopefully you're in leagues that allow you to make changes before each individual game and not every game. And I know there are still some providers out there that do that. And it makes no sense. You know, there's still a lot of news that we are not sure about with whether some guys are in the lineups. And obviously in some leagues like the NFBC, you can set your offensive players Monday through Thursday, and you kind of want to get some news here. So, you know, for example, say there's a a player that has three games in the next four days, and then he's sitting out tonight. Okay, now he has two. Maybe you decide to sit him and go with someone that has three or four. So that's why it's very important that these providers do that for us. And obviously in daily formats, you should be able to change up until – the players' individual game time. Uh, we got to make sure that changes too. So if you're in a league like that, you know, bring it to the intention of the commissioner, especially now with so many guys, you know, sitting and the injuries. So hopefully that is the case. If not, uh, hopefully you locked your lineups in earlier today uh, with the game being played. So we got you covered there for baseball. Uh, also for football, our NFL draft fantasy rookie primer. Taking a look at some of the top players that should have an impact on your fantasy team for this year and a scouting report on them. It's really, really good stuff. I contributed some of it. I'm going to be adding some more players as well. So, you know, for example, it'll have quarterbacks and it'll say Kyler Murray from Oklahoma, his height, weight, the projected round, potential landing spot, who he compares to his projected dynasty pick and then analysis. So it's a ton of players here going through the quarterbacks and then, you know, the running backs, receivers, tight end. So really good one-stop shop to get you up to date on some of the top prospects that are going to be drafted as the NFL draft is now a week away, almost a week away, one week from Thursday, the draft will take place. And of course, we'll give you a lot of coverage here on the show and of course on the site as well. So you can check that out right now and you can ask your message, your questions on the message boards and forums anytime you want. You will get an answer from them. I'll also be doing a live chat this week on Thursday at noon for an hour so we'll be doing more of those. So you can come in, hop in, ask any questions that you have. And ScoutDFS.com, as we alluded to in the previous hour, these guys have been on fire. 
excellent, excellent baseball content, giving you the picks that you need uh, that are going to be you know, low-owned and uh, that can win you some pretty good money. So make sure you check that out as well. Still NBA, DFS, NHL for the playoffs as well. We got the optimizer to help you out there. And PGA, MMA, NASCAR. So there's just a ton of ways to win money uh, on these sites as well as VegasWhispers.com where they've been giving out a free pick per day. That's been crushing as well. So you can go to Twitter at VegasWhispers, check it out, and all the picks are documented. Lots to come in this hour. Uh, Let's kick it off looking at some uh, news here and some good news on Francisco Lindor. He has been cleared to begin a minor league rehab assignment with AAA Columbus. So he was working out with the Indians for the last few days when they were in Kansas City, and everything looks to be a go. So he could potentially be back by the end of this week. So really good news here for Lindor, for those that have been waiting around for him because he had that setback with the ankle uh, earlier, I think it was early April or late March, right before the season started. So probably late March, and people started to – Push him down the draft board even further, which you can understand. But it sounds like, you know, it won't be too bad. I mean, potentially he might only miss three weeks. And I think you would have signed up for that, especially if he can come back and be healthy. Interested to see how much he runs early on. I would think that may be scaled back, especially with the weather potentially still being cold in Cleveland in April for the night games. Uh, and then coming off a calf and an ankle. But a lot of his value is tied to the steals. But the fact that he is close to a return, that is real big news for Francisco Lindor owners. And in a weekly league, I would not put him in my lineup. I do have him in tout wars. For us, we do have midweek activations for DL players. So if he does come back Thursday or Friday, I will be able to get him back in there. Uh, But even if I was in a weekly league, I still would not use him because we're not exactly sure when he's going to come back. Uh, we don't know if there's uh, going to be, you know, a limitation. Uh, we don't even know if he's going to be back this week. So I would just uh, sit him in a weekly league for now. Obviously, in a daily format, you could just make the change the day he is back. We did have one game this afternoon. Patriots stay in Boston, and the Orioles beat the Red Sox 8-1. to Orioles now 7-10, and and the Red Sox fall to 6-11. and So you figured... This would be a game they'd be able to take care of, and they weren't. Uh, Andrew Benintendi was not in the game today. He fouled a ball off his foot yesterday, initially stated, and then was removed. The x-rays were negative, so not a surprise that he wasn't in there. And you obviously had to make that decision this afternoon in a weekly league what to do with him. And it sounds like it's not that serious. So, you know, I don't even know. If I own Benintendi, I might have him in one scout 44, and I did set those lineups. I just can't remember offhand. I might only have him in one league, maybe two. I mean, I was interested in him, but I I don't recall having him in many leagues. Uh, The Red Sox lineup, they actually led off with Dustin Pedroia today. He returned last week. He was 0 for 4 as the DH. They actually played Christian Vasquez at second base. He was 0 for 3. Uh, They only had four hits today, two for J.D. Martinez, who is one of the few guys really hitting right now. 344, Mookie Betts is struggling. He's down at 222. He was 0 for 3 with a walk. Uh, They started uh, Hector Velasquez today, uh, and he only won three innings. He's been pitching out of the bullpen, so they had to go deep into the pen, and uh, they just couldn't generate any offense, and this team is just not as bad as they've shown. Maybe it is the World Series hangover. A lot of people like to use that. 
but I just think they'll they'll get better. That they're not this bad, and you know every team goes through a stretch like this. Even the best teams at the in the course of a season, it's just it's magnified because it's early on. For the Orioles, Chris Davis homered. Yes, that's not a mistake. He homered. He broke that streak over the weekend for uh, not getting any hits. He drove in two today. He walked. He did strike out twice, up to 089 on the season. But his first home run of the year, and uh, Smith Jr. with a home run, and he drove in four. So Dwight Smith Jr. has been getting the playing time. He's been pretty good so far this year. I actually picked him up in the GDD League, which has a lot of people in the industry in that one. It's a 15-team league, and uh, I had to make uh, it's a weekly league, and I had to put three players on the injured list and uh, needed an outfielder. So got Dwight Smith Jr., Nice start to the week. Two for five, a run, and four RBIs. Now it's three homers on the year and 10 RBIs with the four he drove in today, hitting 270, 324 BP, a 476 slugging percentage. Renato Nunez, three for five with a run and an RBI. He's a guy that I use in the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational. will have some injuries there, so I used him in the util spot because he has four games in the Monday through Thursday period. And uh, still having to see what to do with Nick Castellanos because he didn't play over the weekend with a toe issue. So um, I need to replace him, and I don't have many outfielders. So I'm hanging on to some injured players in that league with Aaron Hicks, Mike Clevenger, even Jesus Lazardo, And I think I might have one other one, but uh, off to a pretty good start. I'm first in the Champions League, and uh, in the overall, I was sitting number one for a while. I think the last I saw was fifth, but it's early April doesn't mean anything, man. These standings are irrelevant right now. You just want to look at the categories and just kind of see where you are. Make sure you don't get buried. I mean, it could quickly change. About a week ago in Tout Wars, I was in last place. My ERA and whip were awful. Now, all of a sudden, my ERA and whip are near the top because I've had a lot of good performances. So that's the one thing to remember. And I know we're in an environment right now where the pitching has been pretty brutal and it's difficult to stream. But if you get... You know, four or five good performances, all of a sudden, that ERA and whip can get better. So just keep that in mind. So the only thing that you look at now in the standings is the specific categories. Yes, it's great to be in first place, but you got to remember it's April 15th. I want to be in first place on October 2nd or whenever the hell the season ends. But, yeah, definitely in October. That's when I want to be in first. Now it doesn't matter. It's all great people tweeting out standings when they are. Who cares, man? I just don't. I'm not going to tweet this crap out. It doesn't matter. What do I get for being in first April 15th? Nothing. What, a smile? It's not what I want, man. I want some dollars. I want some cash. I want the accolades at the end of the year, not on April 15th. Uh, also for the Orioles, Jonathan Villar, his third stolen base of the season. He was one for three with two runs in RBI and two walks. Really liked him a lot going into the year, and he's having a nice start to the year. Do expect him to rack up the steals. You know, you know, only, I mean, three is not that bad. It's only April 15th, two weeks through the season. Just figured they would r- let him run wild. Trey Mancini continued his sizzling start two for five with a run. So uh, Dan Straley got the win, five innings, two hits, a run, a walk, and two Ks. Yeah, I'm not trusting Dan Straley in fantasy. So Orioles, they win. They beat the Red Sox eight to one. That was the lone game this afternoon uh, or this morning. And we have a lot of games coming up tonight. And we'll get you those lineups uh, in the final segment of the show, whatever is out by that point. But a big story from the weekend was yesterday, and that was Herman Marquez. And if you remember, a lot of people were hesitant to draft Marquez. And I I couldn't blame him. I liked Marquez. Uh, Last year, I drafted Herman Marquez in a scout 44. It was like round 26. 
And there's a chat in there, and someone laughed at me like, are you kidding me? A course pitcher, Marquez, he's garbage. And it did not look good early on. But Marquez was one of the best pitchers in the second half of the season, and he put up dominant numbers. Kind of wanted to find that person. Uh, but Marquez wound up winning 14 games. He had a 3.77 ERA. He had a 1.20 whip, but he just really transformed into a dominant pitcher in the second half of the season. He had a 2.61 ERA and a one whip after the All-Star break. And, you know, I was not aggressive on Marquez because I, I was worried a little bit about, you know, Coors Field. I, I have no doubt about his ability to pitch, having seen him pitch, the nasty stuff he has. But, you know, two or three bad starts at Coors Field could kind of ruin your season. And... I was just a little bit worried about that. Now, he's been fortunate so far. Yeah, as I mentioned before, the Rockies have played mostly on the road. He's only had five innings pitched at home this year for Marquez. He's pitched 27 innings. Five have been at home, and he allowed five run runs in that start, which is two strikeouts. Now, it's one game. It doesn't mean anything, and he did allow two home runs. And we didn't know. I mean, it appears the ball is juiced. There's no question what we've seen early on, and we didn't know that going into the year. Uh, but Marquez has been dominant on the road where most of his starts have been. And one of those was yesterday. I mean, this guy took uh, to retire the first 15 batters he faced before hitting Kevin Pillar. And then he took a no-hitter into the eighth inning before he allowed a single to Evan Longoria to break it up and lose the no-hitter. So he's off to a, a great start this year once again. 25 strikeouts, six walks, and 27 innings in the area of two at a 0.70 whip. But again, most of those starts have come on the road. So I think the key is, you know, how does he perform at home, obviously. And he's pitched at the Giants, which is one of the worst offenses in baseball. His home game was against Atlanta, which is a pretty good offense, more top-heavy, and that's where he gave up five runs. He was at Tampa Bay, and Tampa Bay's a good team. Again, they're not a potent lineup. You don't look at them and and are fearful, but they're a good team. They're a tough offense, so you've got to give them credit for that. To go seven scoreless, that was pretty good. And then he pitched at the Marlins, which, again, a crappy offense where he allowed one run and six hits. Now, he's going to get to face the Giants quite a bit, uh, but I'm sure there's a lot of people who are Marquez supporters who are going to brag and say, I told you. And, again, I was kind of in the middle. I mean, I like Marquez. I just didn't feel comfortable paying a fifth, sixth-round pick for a guy that you know still has to deal with Coors Field. So I think the jury is still out. It's not about his skill set. It's about you know, can he survive cores for an entire season? And, you know, last year he did it for mostly half a season. So I'm interested to see how he fares in his next few home starts, uh, which should be coming up plenty. Uh, the Braves placed the Rotus Vizcaino on the injured list over the weekend, retroactive to April 11th with right shoulder inflammation. And you should not be surprised by this. Vizcaino's had a shoulder issue, and that's why – he was lower on my closer rankings, plus A.J. Minter was in the picture. I think Vizcaino got a boost, though, when Minter had the shoulder issue in the spring. People thought, okay, Vizcaino's the guy. But it's going to be Minter who is back. And if Minter is on your waiver wire, go get him. I doubt he is. Any competitive league, he was probably gone before this news anyway. I think a lot of people were holding on to him in the hopes that maybe he would get some saves. And we saw with Vizcaino, they weren't using him consecutive days. And... That opened up opportunities for Minter. So Minter has pitched four innings so far this year and allowed four hits, two runs, three walks, and four Ks. But he should get the majority of the save opportunities for Atlanta coming up. 
We saw a shaky start last night for Jacob DeGrom. Again, this is the second straight start that DeGrom was not himself. He allowed three runs, five hits, walked four, and struck out nine over five innings. So DeGrom had 26 consecutive quality starts, and he hasn't had one in the last two. He was battered by Minnesota and just didn't have his A stuff last night. I don't think there's anything to worry about here. There was some reports about tipping pitches, DeGrom said. Did you see the pitches? They were, like, right in the middle of the plate. So I think we just got spoiled by DeGrom and how dominant he was that we're not used to seeing these uh, shaky starts from him. But I have seen nothing that leads me to believe that this is a concern. So uh, just keep running him out there. Obviously, uh, some home runs have been a factor, and that is something that we're seeing in baseball. On the other side, last night, Josh Donaldson is finally heating up. He homered yesterday for the second straight game. He went two for three. Two RBIs and two walks. So now that slash line is uh, 264, 400. He's always been a good OBP guy and 472 slugging. So good signs there if you've been patient. And for him to hit a home run off DeGrom, definitely a good sign for a guy like Donaldson hitting second in that Braves lineup. When we return, we'll continue to recap some of the top stories from the weekend, performances, as well as look at some of the fab bids that went on in the NFBC. That's ahead right here. Scout Fantasy Sports on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I think Huron just looks like an older, jacked-up Joshua Jackson. Is what I realized last night. When I was Basketball watching. player? No. Oh, no. PC from Dawson's Creek. Is, I'm not a fan, but I know who he is. I knew you would know who he is. He just looks like a jacked-up PC with like a mustache. Seriously? Yeah, I'm not crazy about the outfits they put that guy in. It's kind of like you know, uh, wanting to be a hipster pirate and stuff like. that. Exactly. Weekdays, noon Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day. 10 an hour. One person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621. 866-484-9621. That's 866-484-9621. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Back here, Scout Fantasy Sports, Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern solo. As we do each and every weekdays, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern. If you can't listen live, you can always check it out on demand anytime you want. And follow all my work, ScoutFantasySports.com. As a lot of draft profiles for the upcoming rookies in the NFL draft. 
So that is now on the site. You can check that out. Nice one-stop shop. You can look at the top quarterbacks, running backs, receivers, tight ends. Get a nice quick scouting report. Get their height and weight, 40 number, who they compare to, their projected round, and where they would go in a dynasty draft. So you can check that out, scoutfantasysports.com, and ask your questions on the message boards and the forums anytime you want. Looking at some of the top things that occurred over the weekend in baseball. Good day for Marcelo Zuna on Sunday. Two for five, two homers, and four RBIs. He's now hitting 275 with five homers and 11 RBIs. I like those Zuna, but I backed off on him in March. He had the shoulder surgery. He was slow to come along. They didn't use him in the field much. He even had a scare earlier in the year where it looked like he might land on the DL. He did not, uh, and he's playing. Uh, his strikeout rate is up. And his walk rate is down, but we're only dealing with 13 games. So it's a little bit of a concern there. But he is hitting the ball hard when he is making contact, and it's a really good lineup. So it looks like you know, he should be pretty solid this year after uh, a potential injury scare. How about Elvis Andrews? No one really talks about Andrews at all. And I got him in two or three leagues. I know I got him in the Gotham League, I believe, uh, the GDD League. I believe I got him in a Rotowire online championship as well. Uh, and Andrews was a guy that two years ago obviously had the career high in 20 home runs. Never been much of a power hitter. That was the only time in his career he had double-digit home runs. Now, last year he had the injury, and he only played in 97 games, which was odd because that's a guy that's been really durable. You know, we talk about the injuries, and they've been a big topic so far here in the early portion of the season. And I know every year people go through it and go, oh, it's the same thing. It just feels like it's really bad this year. And I could tell you on some teams, you know, with five guys, six guys injured, it's really difficult. And you're going to have to make some difficult decisions on who to cut, especially if you're in a league with no IL spots, like some of the high-stakes leagues with only seven reserves. But Andrews was a model of consistency. You know, he played in at least 145 games every single year since 2009 up until last year. Now, the one thing I was concerned about, okay, we saw the power went up in 2017 for a lot of guys, and it wasn't the case last year. Now, the early indication is, is that maybe we're back to the 2017 level, still early to make that conclusion, but it certainly feels that way. But with Andrews, it was, he was so cheap. Now, Andrews uh, is at a position at shortstop, which I thought was very deep. There were so many shortstops I liked, and I think that's why I have a lot of different shortstops. I have Jorge Polanco, Marcus Samian, Paul DeYoung. There were just so many guys, especially if you didn't get, you know, the elite ones early. You know, I did get Francisco Lindor in Tout Wars, and that's only because he fell to pick 29. Uh, but I didn't get a lot of the elite shortstop early, so I was going in that mid-tier, and Andrews was among them. He's just so cheap, and he's off to a really nice start this year. He's batting 414 right now. With eight runs, three homers, 12 RBIs, and four stolen bases. He stole home yesterday. And uh, just a great start to the season. I mean, even if you don't get big power numbers, I think what you were hoping for Andrews was, you know, pretty good counting stats hitting third in that Texas lineup. And the steals. You know, the one, you know, last year, five steals in 97 games. But before that, going back to that 2009 season, he's had at least 24 steals every single year. So that's a guy that you open for 20, 25 steals. Uh, he's 30 years old. He doesn't turn 31 until August. And he's done a nice job so far. Now, we know he's going to cool off, and he's not a 400 hitter. 
but it's really good to see him off to a good start this year. Uh, he's hitting the ball really hard. He's hitting a ton of line drives. And, again, I, I don't think there's going to be elite power there. Obviously, a 24% fly ball rate so far. But just someone who can contribute all around. And for where you drafted him and for what you paid for him in an auction, you don't need 25 home runs. I mean, you'd probably be happy with 15 because you expect the steals, the counting stats, potentially the average to be there as well. You know, we talked about a lot of the aces really not coming through, but one who has is Garrett Cole. He did allow a leadoff home run to Mitch Hanniger yesterday, but went six innings, allowed four hits a walk, two runs, struck out 11. So he's now sitting with a 3-2-4 ERA, a 0.92 whip, and 36 strikeouts and six walks in 25 innings. And Roberto Osuna has been really good. You know, oftentimes we're talking about closers who are not getting the job done, who's going to replace this guy. Uh, but Osuna was someone who I had last year going into here as a top five closer, and then obviously he had the off-the-field issue. I believe I had him in the top five this year, too. He was either five or six for Osuna, but did get him in tout wars, and he was one of the more reliable closers for me. He doesn't have the elite strikeout stuff of some of the top-tier closers, which is why maybe some people put him a little bit down, but he doesn't walk anyone. And he hardly allows home runs. Those are two recipes I want from a closer. Obviously, it's job security. But uh, no walks for Asuna this year. Nine strikeouts. He's allowed two hits in eight and a third innings and one run. He's been really dominant. Has seven saves on the season. And uh, just not allowing any hard contact at all. So you got to be feeling really good if you got a guy like a Roberto Osuna right now. Because uh, he's getting the job done. Jose Barrios got off to a rough start yesterday, uh, allowed some runs early on in this game, but he settled down and then went six and two-thirds, allowed four hits, a walk, two runs, and struck out seven to beat the Tigers. So Barrios was definitely someone I liked in that, you know, fifth, sixth round range as a SB2, uh, someone I was getting in an auction anywhere from, you know, 20 to 22 bucks. Just felt like he would take that step up. He's 24 years old. Remember, he came to the big leagues early and and struggled, was a disaster early on, walked so many guys, and then he started to put it together. Solid season in 2017, better season last year, and uh, I think he could take another step up this year, you know, with potentially an ERA in the low threes, maybe the high twos. You know, one of the things that I do like about him is the division he pitches in. I mean, you look at that AL Central, and – what good lineup is he facing? You have the Indians, and we've talked about how bad they are. Now, they did call up Carlos Gonzalez. He made his debut yesterday for the Indians, won one for five with a run scored. He batted third. They are scheduled to get Jason Kipnis back today, and Francisco Lindor might not be that far behind. They're still not a great lineup. Those guys will help, but you're not scared of the Indians, so he gets to face them. He gets to face the Tigers, the White Sox, and the Royals. So that's really a good division to be in, and I think it's going to help a guy like Barrios, you know, if he can feast on some of those guys and put up real eye-popping numbers, then he can move up uh, into potentially that upper tier of pitchers. So that's uh, one of the reasons why I liked him uh, this year. Uh, the Dodgers just continue to mass. You know, Jock Peterson's had a really good year. I mean, he's been hitting leadoff when he plays. Now, the tough part with him is he's going to sit against a lot of lefties, probably all of them. So in a weekly league, you really have to look ahead at the entire slate for the week. And, you know, these are very important. You know, the really good players do this. You know, you can't just blindly set your lineup. 
you got to look and when you have a player like Peterson, go, okay, let me look at the schedule for the week. And you go and you see who they face and calculate how many lefties they're going to see and then make a decision from there. Uh, you know, if they got six games and it's three righties, three lefties, you're probably going to sit them because that means at best in a seven-game week you're getting three. If it's 4-2, you know, a little bit more of a conversation and you compare them to the other player you have. And if it's five, and especially if a couple of the righties are not that good and homer prone and it's good hitting environments, maybe you roll with him. But Peterson's been off to a really good start this year, especially if you're in an OBP league. This is a guy that always has drawn walks. And while he's only hitting 235, uh, 365 OBP, he's got six homers, 10 RBIs. And that's the one issue hitting leadoff in the National League. The RBI total might be low, but Peterson's definitely a useful player. And he's improved each year. Each re- year that strikeout rate goes down. And the walk rate is always in the double-digit percentage. So, you know, Peterson, definitely a, a useful player here. Uh, much easier to manage in daily formats, obviously. Weekly league, you have to be a little bit more detail-oriented and looking to see who they're facing. Cody Bellinger, man, you talk about one of the hottest starters so far and probably one of the better values. I mean, consistently going in round three, it's Cody Bellinger. I mean, this guy is showing, having flashes of what he did in 2017 in his rookie year when he had 39 homers, 97 ribbies, and 10 steals. I mean, he is just crushing right now. He had another good game yesterday going uh, one for two, two walks, two runs. He had his ninth homer Saturday. And just look at the line right now. 424 average, 500 OBP, and 909 slugging. His, his strikeout rate has really dropped. I mean, that's amazing. The contact that he's making now uh, – and we're getting to the point soon where it could stabilize, and maybe this is it. 11.8% strikeout rate. His career is 24.4%. He's always been in the drawing walks. He's at 13.2% right now. Nine homers, 22 runs, 22 RBIs, three stolen bases in 17 games. And, yeah, like everyone, he's going to cool off, but uh, just really crushing the ball right now. And you got to be very happy if you took Cody Bellinger, who I do have in a couple leagues. You know, I thought he was a guy that – it was a pretty pretty decent value for where he was going. I think just people looked at two years ago like, oh, yeah, he's, that's it. That's the peak. And, you know, you got to be careful because I think this happens a lot in fantasy where, you know, he has an excellent rookie year, and then there's a drop-off. He went from 39 homers to 25 home runs. And what's crazy about that is he played 30 more games last year, but it doesn't always like work like that. There's adjustments. There's injuries. There's so many factors that are at play. But you like to see that now he's come back off to a quick start and made some of the adjustments on that side. But one player who has really been bad so far, uh, well, especially yesterday, is Corey Kluber. Now, Kluber is going to be interesting. Uh, plan to take a look and dive deeper into him, hopefully uh, sometime soon. He always tends to struggle in April. For some reason, he just gets off to these slow starts and then tends to rebound. But... It's been an ugly start for Kluber so far. He had another bad start yesterday. He allowed a career-high five walks, six hits, six runs, and only two and two-thirds innings. He's one and two with a 6-1-6 ERA, a 1-8-4 whip, 21 strikeouts, 10 walks in 19 innings. So uh, he has not been burned by the home run, and there definitely you know, is some bad luck here at play. 390 batting average balls at play, 60.2% strand rate. So definitely not this bad. The home runs... You know, there's only about two in 19 innings, so that really hasn't hurt him too much. 
but the, the walk rate is up. And, you know, product of yesterday. And it could be just one game where he didn't have it. But he is allowing a lot of hard contact and more fly balls. So that is something to keep in mind and pay attention to here over the next start or two. The velocity is slightly down. Never been a hard thrower. He's usually around 92 with his fastball. And, uh, you know, that's something that maybe he throws a little bit less and relies on some of his other pitches. But certain, certainly something to keep an eye on. But his swinging strike rate is 13.3%, uh, which is, you know, higher than last year. His first pitch strike rate is 65.6%. So seems like, you know, that one real bad start from yesterday has inflated the numbers a little bit. But he's definitely certainly a guy you want to keep an eye on. But at the same time, we have kind of seen this happen before, and he turns it around uh, pretty quickly. Uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. with a really good start this year. He had a home run yesterday. That's his fifth of the year, and... You know, the people who got him before he got called up got to be feeling really good. And, you know, one of my regrets is passing on him in a reserve round of a draft where I sat there and I, I was all ready to take him. And then I said, you know, this is a weekly league. And, uh, you know, what if he doesn't get called up to June or July? And I passed on him. And, boy, I could really use him right now. And, you know, five homers, 11 RBIs, nine runs, one steal, batting 268, 344 BP. Now, he has struck out a lot, but we expected that. We knew, based on the minor league history and his youth, he was going to strike out a lot. You're fine with that. Uh, and right now, it's over 32%. The walk rate's 7.8%, so that's pretty good for a 20-year-old. And he is hitting a ton of fly balls, too, at this point, and hitting the ball hard. So, got to be really, really happy if you got Tatis Jr., especially in the early drafts, at a reduced rate uh, discount because he's definitely paying off. People started to panic a little bit about Jose LeClerc. If you haven't been following him, he had a couple of shaky performances uh, midweek last week where he blew his save. He allowed a home run to Jared Dyson. He came in the next night. It was a non-save situation, and he struggled. It was 18 pitches, seven for strikes. He hit a couple batters. And then I think people, as everyone does, as soon as a closer has like one or two bad appearances, okay, who's next? Who's the next guy on? I got to go get him. And in many leagues nowadays, those guys are owned. You can't go to the waiver wire and find these setup guys. So I think people started looking at the Texas bullpen and go, okay, who's it going to be? Now, Leclerc was really good last year. In fact, I think, you know, he didn't allow a run from like mid-July on until this year. And they signed him to a contract as well. So I really wasn't too concerned. I mean, there were some... Things that didn't look great early on. But remember, going into yesterday, we were only dealing with five innings. Well, at least for now, Leclerc has subsided the panic for his owners as he came into the game with an 8-7 lead. He allowed a single and struck out three for his third save of the season. So, you know, all of a sudden now, the six strikeouts in six innings with that one appearance. Strikeout percentage is still low at 22.2%. Uh, and the one thing he did struggle with last year was walks. He was at 11.2%. It's at 7.4%. Again, only six innings. So uh, the fact that he came in and got the job done was definitely very encouraging for a guy like LeClerc, who you would think has decent job security because of the contract, but you never know with these teams. Uh, and the velocity looks fine. So nothing really alarming with LeClerc. Uh, he, the one thing that does stand out, he is not getting swings and misses. 7.9% swinging strike percentage. Last year was 17.1. On the flip side, he's throwing a lot more first pitch strikes. 70.4% first pitch strike. So only six innings, so just keep that in mind. But definitely a good sign there. 
As for the Twins, who knows who's closing now. It just looked like Blake Parker was the guy. He came into the game yesterday trying to nail it down. He allowed one hit, two walks to load the bases on 29 pitches. He was pulled. Trevor Hildenberger came in. He struck out two to get the save. Taylor Rogers pitched a scoreless eighth. Trevor May allowed two runs while getting one out in the seventh. So it kind of still looks like a committee, although you saw people go out and spend money on Hildenberger yesterday, and that's going to happen. I really thought Trevor May was the best arm in the pen and he'd get a shot, but uh, especially after yesterday, giving up a couple runs, doesn't look like it. Taylor Rogers, I wouldn't be surprised if they go back to him, but it really does look like a committee here in this bullpen for Rocco Baldelli, which is kind of crazy. Uh, quick notes here are some Dodgers pitchers. Hinjin Ryu will throw a 40-pitch bullpen session today. They hope that he could be back at the end of the month. Rich Hill is going to begin a rehab assignment on Wednesday. And something to keep an eye on is Harrison Bader of the Cardinals. He's dealing with tightness in his right hamstring. He didn't play yesterday. Tyler O'Neill played in center and homered. So there might have been some Tyler O'Neill bids in your league last night. That's why. But we really don't know yet about Harrison Bader, whether or this time. But that certainly would give a boost to Tyler O'Neill. So if you have... An empty roster spot. You want to be aggressive. And if he's still there, that could be a speculative ad in case he does wind up playing more. When we return, we'll wrap it up. We'll take a look at the lineups for baseball in tonight's slate, as well as some fab pickups. That's ahead right here. Scout Fantasy Sports. The Fantasy Sports Network is hitting you from all angles with the best fantasy sports and betting analysis. You can catch the latest programming on so many platforms, there's no way you'll miss out on any of the award-winning programming we pump out every single day. You can listen through the FNTSY radio app, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. Download our podcast through iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Audioboom, and you can watch select programming on the FNTSY YouTube channel. The Fantasy Sports Network, your only source for fantasy sports and wagering anytime and anywhere. Lose weight now. Go to fat100.com. Lose that unwanted belly fat today and get free information at fat100.com. Fit in the dress or pants or bathing suits you've always wanted to. Go to fat100.com. Lose 10, 20, or more pounds immediately. Go to fat100.com. For free information on how you can lose weight, go to fat100.com. Fat100.com. That's fat100.com. Are you single? Everyone single is looking for the best date possible. Well, I found one website that can find you the best date, and it's called TheBestDate100.com. Just go there and log in for your free trial and see if you can find your new and maybe last best date. Remember, you can find the best date of your life at TheBestDate100.com. That's TheBestDate100.com. One more time, TheBestDate100.com. Rain dance! Make it rain. You don't have to announce to the whole world that you don't like wrestling or Game of Thrones or Harry Potter, really any other show, movie, sport, anything that you don't watch, really not necessary. I don't really care if you watch Game I could really care less if you watch Game of Thrones or not. I don't watch Game of Thrones, but I'm certainly not rubbing it out going, you know what? I don't understand, man. The fact that I don't watch it means I can't comment on it. That's the whole freaking point of it, man. Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Back here at Scalp Fantasy Sports. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. Don't forget, you can check me out, scoutfantasysports.com. Got the weekend recap in baseball. Two-star pitchers for the week ahead if you're scrambling, making those last-minute lineup decisions. 
waiver wire article from Sean Child, as well as our draft profiles for the upcoming rookie class with the draft, NFL draft, one week from Thursday. So check it out, scoutfantasysports.com. We got you covered. And, of course, any specific questions, just ask them on the message boards in the forums. You'll get an answer from myself, Dr. Otto, or Sean Childs uh, as soon as we get to see it. Coming up next here on the FNTSY Sports Radio Network, it's game time decisions from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern as Gabe Morency and Cam Stewart help you navigate through the sports wagering landscape, living vicariously through their addictive lives. The show is available on the FNTSY Sports Radio Network app on iHeart. Tune in and you can watch the video of the program on the FNTSY Sports Network YouTube page or on your favorite OTT provider. It's Game Time Decisions with Gabe Morency and Kim Stewart on the FNTSY Sports Radio Network and FNTSY Sports Network YouTube page weekdays from 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern. Breaking news here from the baseball world. I was talking about closers. Well, I don't know if he's officially the closer, but the Phillies have placed David Robertson on the 10-day injury list with right elbow soreness. So he has really struggled this year. So maybe he was trying to pitch through it. You know, he's issued six walks in six and two-thirds innings. He pitched two scoreless innings yesterday in the extra inning game in Miami. So we have basically seen Gabe Kapler just, go with all different types of guys in the ninth inning. And we've talked about it quite a bit. We've seen different guys get opportunities for saves. So my guess is he continues to mix and match. I would think Sir Anthony Dominguez and Hector Neris get the shot. I did pick up Neris in a league or two two weeks ago. I picked him up in another one last night where someone dropped him for pretty cheap. So I actually have Neris and Dominguez in that league. So I'm sure it'll be Pat Neshek then. But uh, it is a bullpen where... There's a lot of mixing. There's a lot of matching, and it has been a little bit of a headache uh, for sure. Jorge Alfaro is out of the Marlins lineup tonight. He has a knee issue that bothered him in the spring, and then it happened. Uh, it's still bothering him, and he tweaked his chest on a slide on Saturday, so he will have uh, the night off. Let's take a look at some of the lineups here for tonight's baseball slate as you try and set your weekly and daily in DFS lineups. The Mets in Philadelphia to take on the Phillies. Noah Syndergaard against Aaron Nola. For the Mets, Brandon Nimmo leading off in center. Pete Alonso at first base batting second. Robinson Cano at second hitting third. Michael Conforto in right hitting cleanup. Wilson Ramos catching batting fifth. Jeff McNeil in left field hitting sixth. Ahmed Rosario at short hitting seventh. J.D. Davis at third base hitting eighth. And Noah Syndergaard on the mound hitting ninth for the Phillies. Andrew McCutcheon leading off in left. Gene Segura is at shortstop. Bryce Harper batting third and right. Reese Hoskins at first base hitting cleanup. JT Realmuto is the catcher batting fifth. Odabel Herrera in center field batting sixth. Cesar Hernandez at second base hitting seventh. Mikel Franco at third base hitting eighth. And Aaron Nola on the mound hitting ninth. That's crazy because we talk about Gabe Kapler kind of messing around with the lineup and everything. And of all the teams... This is just off the top of my head. They might have the most consistent lineup. They've barely gone away from this lineup. Yeah, we might see a different catcher in there occasionally. Kingery got a start, but this is pretty much the same lineup that they've kind of used every night. We can't say that for many teams, including this next one here. As the Cubs are in Miami to take on the Marlins, you Darvish against Trevor Richards. For the Cubs, Ben Zobris leading off, playing second base. Chris Bryant in left field, batting second. Anthony Rizzo's at first base, hitting third. Javier Baez at short, hitting cleanup. 
Jason Hayward in right field batting fifth. Wilson Contreras, he's off to a really good start this year. He's catching batting sixth. David Bote at third base hitting seventh. Albert Almora in center field hitting eighth. Yu Darvish on the mound batting ninth. For the Marlins, Curtis Granderson leading off in left field. Brian Anderson has been on fire. He's at third base hitting second. Starlin Castro at second base batting third. Neil Walker at first inning cleanup. Miguel Rojas at shortstop hitting fifth. Austin Dean in right field hitting sixth. Chad Wallach is the catcher hitting seventh. Lewis Brinson in center field hitting eighth. And Trevor Richards on the mound batting ninth. The Blue Jays are in Minnesota to take on the Twins. Matt Shoemaker against Martin Perez, making his first start of the year. He's been their fifth starter, but they haven't needed him until now, and he's pitched out of the bullpen. His velocity was up in the spring. His control still was lacking when he came out of the bullpen, but he gets a good matchup here. For the Twins, leading off, catcher Mitch Garver. We rarely see that as uh, Max Kepler gets a day off. Jorge Polanco at short batting second. Nelson Cruz is the DH hitting third. Eddie Rosario in left field hitting cleanup. CJ Crone at first base batting fifth. Williams Estadillo at third base hitting sixth. Jake Cave in right field hitting seventh. Jonathan Scope batting eighth at second base. And Byron Buxton in center field batting ninth. He made a hell of a catch yesterday. Did bang into the wall. And we're always holding our breath with him because we've already seen him get hurt once this year. But uh, he does... You know, go out there and make these really good plays in center defensively. Just stay away from banging into the wall, Bucks, and we want to see you on the field. The Angels are in Texas to take on the Rangers. Trevor Cahill against Shelby Miller leading off for the Rangers. Shinsu Chu, he is the DH. Danny Santana at second base, hitting second. Elvis Andrews at short, batting third. No more Mazzara in right field, hitting cleanup. Joey Gallo on left field hitting fifth. Estrubal Cabrera at third base hitting sixth. Logan Forsythe at first base batting seventh. Isaiah Kiner-Falefa at catcher hitting eighth. And Delano DeShields in center field batting ninth. The Royals are in Chicago to take on the White Sox. Heath Fillmeyer against Irvin Santana for the White Sox. Lurie Garcia leading off in center field. Yoan Moncada at third base hitting second. Jose Abreu is the DH hitting third. Yondo Alonso at first base hitting cleanup. Eloy Jimenez, who had his first two career home runs at Yankee Stadium over the weekend. He's in left field batting fifth. Tim Anderson is a shortstop hitting sixth. He's been on fire to start the year. Wellington Castillo is catching, hitting seventh. Daniel Palka in right field hitting eighth. Yolmer Sanchez at second base batting ninth. The Reds are in L.A. to take on the Dodgers. Luis Castillo against Clayton Kershaw, who comes off the injured list makes his season debut today for the Reds. Kurt Casale, a catcher leading off. we got two catchers leading off today. Uh, Eugenio Suarez at third base, batting second. Yasuo Puig, who finally had his first homer of the year yesterday, he is batting third. Matt Kemp in left field, batting fourth. Jose Peraza at second base, hitting fifth. Jose Iglesias at short, batting sixth. Scott Shevler in center field, batting seventh. Kyle Farmers at first base, hitting eighth. And Luis Castillo on the mound for the Reds as Joey Votto gets the night off for the Reds sitting against the lefty. So still some lineups to be released. If we get any of those before the, sh- uh, the show ends, we'll uh, let you know. But again, uh, some news just uh, occurring right now. David Robertson of the Phillies placed on the injured list with an elbow issue. I think there was a lot of people who drafted him as a uh, closer. I think a lot of people thought he was the closer. And I think I did too, but I didn't trust 
uh, Gabe Kapler there in that bullpen. You know, Robertson had the closer experience. That's something that a lot of people look like. And uh, for managers, but we did see Dominguez with that big arm, and he looked good last year. But uh, it definitely was a uh, a rough pick if you took Robertson thinking you had a closer. He struggled here, and obviously that elbow might have been an issue. So he goes to the injured list, and yeah, I would think Neris and and Dominguez would be the two guys I would want to own at that Phillies bullpen, and you just never know. You just don't know with Gabe Kapler what he's going to do. We've just seen him go in a lot of different directions here. So uh, it's dicey, and it's tough because the Phillies are a good team. It's not like these other teams where a Kansas City, where you're worried about who's going to close, and they might not win many games, and you put that closer in for a week, and they might only pitch once or twice and not even get a save opportunity. This is a good Phillies team that's going to have save opportunities. So you do want someone from this team. So, again, for me, it's Dominguez and Neris right now. Those would be the two that I look at. But it's Gabe Kapler, so it could be Pat Neshek. Who knows? But uh, for me, it's Dominguez and Neris would be the two guys that I would want to own out of that bullpen uh, at the moment. Let's take a look at some fab results from last night. So this is from a auction league in the NFBC, which I participate in. And, not a lot of high-dollar bids this week. I didn't think, especially in the 15-team leagues, there was a lot out there. Now, there was a lot of bids of players won, but nothing real high. The highest one was Jose Martinez. He went for $101, uh, dropping Alex Reyes, who was obviously sent down to the minor leagues. The runner-up was 31. Now, I had to drop Jose Martinez last week. Did I want to? Absolutely not. We've discussed Jose Martinez a lot uh, the last couple of years. He's a player I like. He has the multiple position eligibility the problem right now is he doesn't have a spot to play. There with the Cardinals, you got Paul Goldschmidt at first base. Jose Martinez is not a good defender. Now you could say, what about the outfield? Yes, I think a lot of us would like to see Dexter Fowler just sent to the side, put on the bench, and play him, uh, Jose Martinez, or Tyler O'Neill. But it doesn't look like that's going to happen yet. And, you know, some teams are fortunate where they can stash a player like Jose Martinez. I just couldn't in my situation. Now, for those not familiar with the NFBC, you have seven reserve spots. There's no IL. So I got Mike Clevenger, who I want to hold. Luis Severino, who I'm trying to hold. Matt Olson, and Rognet Odor, who went on the injured list over the weekend. So that's four of my seven bench spots that are injured right now. So I can't stash. You know, I need another pitcher to stream, maybe another infielder, outfielder, in case there's injuries. So there's only so much you can do. And I would have liked to hold on to Jose Martinez, but sometimes you have to look short-term. If you have injuries, you have to say, okay, um, yeah, I'd like Jose Martinez, but I, I got to stay afloat here the next month. I can't bury myself and dig a ditch where Jose Martinez is not going to help me over the next you know, few weeks. So that's the way that decision was made. It sucks. I would like to have him, but there are sometimes you have to make these tough roster decisions and you just don't have a room to stash players. CC Sabathia, he went for 56. The runoff was 55. Julio Urias was the drop. Urias still in the rotation for now. Has a tough start this week out Milwaukee. And then who knows what happens because Rich Hill could be close to a return and they are going to watch the innings for Urias. So you can understand that. Sabathia was solid in his start over the weekend, making a season debut against the White Sox. And we know he's going to give you solid innings, nothing great, and it might take some time. So, uh, but in a 15-team league with the state of pitching, yeah. 
Uh, I got Evansale Garcia dropping Kendrys Morales for 53 bucks. The runover was 50. So Garcia's been pretty good to start the year. And, you know, injuries hurt him last year. Tampa's a, a good offense. You know, he's not a guy that they're going to run out there every day, but he should play quite a bit uh, and put up pretty good numbers. So, you know, hurting uh, with some injuries there, whether it's outfield or utility. And thought Garcia was – one of the better options on the waiver wire. So pretty pleased to get him. He's obviously off to a pretty good start this year. Uh, again, I don't think he's an elite power guy. He's got one homer, four RBIs. He's batting 314. Also has a stolen base. He's playing in 13 games. So uh, hopefully he can get a little bit more playing time there. Uh, Eric Lauer went for 45, dropping Chad Green. Runner was 15. You know, Lauer had a two-star week last week and wasn't great. You know, I the strikeouts are just not there, so not someone I'm enamored with uh, unless he has a favorable start. Austin Romine went for 40 bucks. There was no runner-up bid, so uh, team hurting there at the second, uh, second catcher. I like this one. Hunter Dozier for 38. Uh, Nick Hundley was the drop. The runner-up bid was 31. I think that was my bid, too. I think I was the runner-up on Dozier. I did pick up Dozier. I think it was in the... Uh, GDD league, but I definitely picked him up. A lot of his underlying numbers look pretty good. He's been hitting the ball in a lot of leagues. He's got first and third base eligibility, so that's a spot where injuries have happened. He's batting 277, three homers, seven RBIs, seven runs scored. You know, strikeout rate has gone down, walk rate has gone up. So yeah, it's not a great Royals lineup. But when we're playing in these 15 team leagues, you know, we got we got to look, and the hard hit rate has been good. He's hit more fly balls, so. Some good signs there, so I think that's a, in deeper formats. That's a, a nice pickup of Hunter Dozier. Jordan Lyles was picked up for 35. Runner-up was 31. Carlos Martinez was the drop, and it's another example of how long can you wait around for a guy like Carlos Martinez, and some people can't. Now, the flip side of that is if you're lucky enough and you have no injuries right now or just one in your seven reserve spots, then, yeah, you can go out and pick these guys up next week. So, one thing you should always do, look at the drops. Uh, as soon as it happens, you know, go to that or the next day, whatever you look, but look at the drops and make notes. And, and, and you either write it down, put it in your phone, whatever you do, whatever your process is. Maybe there's a watch list and you mark it, but just make sure you look at the drops because sometimes you'll be like, wow, this guy was dropped. And you don't want to make, you want to make sure you don't miss that the following week when you're putting in your bids. Uh, so Jordan Lyles is, is interesting. You know, I did have him on the roster a little bit last year. It looked like he made some improvements, and he's had two starts so far. Uh, he's pitched 11 innings, 12 strikeouts, four walks, and I think he has, if I'm not mistaken, I think the Tigers tomorrow, and then uh, he has a two-star week next week. So I was looking at that, too, and that's the other thing. Sometimes, you know, you want to be ahead of the curve in the two-star week. Uh I was maybe one of the games at Coors though next week. There was a pitcher. I forgot who it was. It was a two-star pitcher. Not this week, but they had one start, and then their first start next week was Coors Field. thought it might have been Jordan Lyles, but I uh, don't remember offhand. But, yeah, Lyles, Lyles is definitely an interesting fly, uh, flyer. Ivan Nova picked up, and Anthony DiScofini dropped $35. No runner up bid. Clay Buckholz, who I did have last year, and he pitched well at times. He went for 31. He's... Kind of want to see a little bit more, but I wouldn't be surprised. Jeremy Hellickson went for 31. Did add him in a league or two. He was solid last year. Pretty good whip. He won't go deep into games. Renato Nunez went for 27. He's playing almost every day, hitting fourth to fifth. He's got some pop playing in Camden Yards. 
Chris Owings went for $22. Jorge Lopez, uh, 21. He's got a two-star week. He's pitched pretty well for the Royals. Zach Davies coming off a good start, went for 16. The runner-up was 15. Matt Harvey was the drop there. Marco Estrada went for 15. Aledmus Diaz went for 12, dropping Jung Ho Gong, who's been in, in a major slump. Uh, I had Lourdes Gurriel, so I dropped him. Got Kipnis for 12 bucks. as Kipnis uh, is getting close to a return as Brad Miller was designated for assignment. Then you had some single bids of Brett Anderson for five, Tyson Ross for three, Josh Fegley for three, which is not a bad pickup as a second catcher. I picked him up a couple weeks ago in the great fantasy baseball invitational, and he's been producing well. David has for two. Nick Anderson, Marlins reliever, if you go look at his strikeout-to-walk ratio, it's ridiculous. He's getting a ton of strikeouts, so we are in that era now where sometimes you want to get that reliever that piles up the strikeouts instead of running that subpar starter out there that's going to give up you know five runs and blow up your whip so uh it is something to consider uh mike trout is in the lineup today he is the dh batting second so that's good news there for trout owners he is playing today and hunter dozier who i alluded to earlier he's batting cleanup today for the royals uh, ryan horns at first base due to is the dh billy hamilton also returns to the lineup in center field remember he crashed in uh banged his knee in the fence the other day that wraps it up here you can check me out scoutfantasysports.com for all your baseball football needs and scoutdfs.com i'll be back tuesday 2 p.m eastern here on the fantasy sports radio network